0: Welcome to the Finding a Job Podcast, a Ben J. Schaap, LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Benjamin Shapiro.
1: Welcome back to the Finding a Job podcast. Today, we're going to hear from someone who's gone from being a surf and ski bum to Silicon Valley advertising salesman turned startup founder. Joining us is Brian Bennett, who is the CEO and founder of Agami TV, which is a state-of-the-art video content platform that provides your website with incremental video advertising revenue and free professional video content. Yesterday, Brian told us about how he went from a background in studying Russian business to becoming a technology startup founder. And today we're going to hear about what life is like as a bootstrap company founder. Okay, here's the second part of our interview with Brian Bennett, the founder and CEO of Agami.tv. Brian, welcome back to the Finding a Job podcast.
0: Great. Thanks, Ben.
1: It's good to have you back. Yesterday, we talked about your career path, how you went from trying to build a career in international business focused on Russia out of all places. That led you into sort of a dynamic career shift where you started a company doing surf and ski videos. And eventually you created the skill set of being a multimedia expert, which led you into a career in ad sales, working for Yahoo, and then a collection of startups. You've had a diverse and interesting career path. And today you're focused on running a business that you own and operate yourself. So let's start off, can you just tell us a little bit about what your company is and does?
0: So Ikami TV was started about four years ago. And our goal was to provide publishers with relevant video content that matched the written article. So from a user standpoint, we wanted to make sure that a user could see a video with content that was relevant to the article that they are reading. So we've been you know, very successful. We work with over 100 different domains today. And you know, we're growing exponentially year over year.
1: So you took your advertising experience and you mentioned that while you were working in startup, you started to learn a little bit about data. What drove you to become a startup founder? And tell me about what it means to start a company yourself.
0: So I spent 10 years at Yahoo. I got to work with hundreds of different advertisers and brands, which allowed me to really understand how companies are successful online. So everything from working with companies like eBay that sold millions and millions of goods that they didn't necessarily own, the companies like eTrade and finance companies. So it got me to learn and understand how businesses are successful online. As I absorbed that information and evolved through different startups with data, there was always a kind of a tentacle or an attachment to online advertising. But there were different factors of advertising and how people were leveraging these different things to be successful online. And what I found in 2016 was that there was not enough video content that was out there. And there was far more video advertisements that needed content in front of it. So that made the decision for me kind of a lot clearer, saying, look, there's a big void in what's out there. I know that there's a ton of money that's behind this. So let's get into it now. I know that I can be successful at it because I've actually seen the trends happening over time.
1: So you worked in the advertising landscape enough to evaluate an opportunity, right? You'd seen the shift from digital and display advertising, banner ads, all the stuff that's on Facebook, and it used to be Yahoo and AOL, and realized that more advertisers were starting to use video for their advertisements, but they didn't actually have enough video to be able to run their ads. Talk to me about the early days when you're starting a startup. What did you need to be able to get the startup up and running? In terms of resources, money, time, team, somebody that's thinking about starting their own company, what do they need to know to be able to get it up off the ground?
0: There's a couple of different routes to go. We bootstrapped it. What I mean by that is that I financed the beginning kind of the company. You can go different routes. There's venture capitalists, or there's several other different kind of routes that you can go in which others kind of put up kind of the capital, but then you're kind of tied to them as partners or you kind of answer to them. So I bootstrapped it, which took my own money and put it into my idea. You know, I was very fortunate to know a lot of different people in the industry. And instead of building a lot of the technology, I went out there and I found companies that had built some of the technology and I rented it. So that allowed me to kind of get off the ground pretty quickly. I had to pay people for the products that I was renting from them. But that allowed me at least to start right away and then i leaned heavily just on my network and you know i know ben is a big proponent of networking and i can't emphasize that enough you know i went on linkedin and i started reaching out to people that i'd worked with in the past and said hey this is what i'm starting you know i'd love the opportunity to have you introduce me to so and so Or if you're working at a company that I need as a partner, would love to kind of start working with you guys. So I really evaluated what is the partnerships that I need to do from a product perspective, as well as kind of the revenue driver. Being in the online advertising space, it allowed me to really see where the money was being spent by advertisers. And where was the money being spent on? So which website? So I had a pretty good sense of knowing who I needed to talk to to get off the ground. But it's definitely a leap of faith.
1: I think one of the biggest takeaways here is that there's the concept of an MVP, which is minimally viable product. And you mentioned that there are a couple different paths to be able to launch a company to create a startup. You can go take venture capital money, which is you're taking money from institutional investors, people that give money to companies professionally, and you are kind of stuck with them for the long run of your company. They are an owner of a significant portion of your company when you take their money, and that's great for certain types of businesses, but it's not great for all of them. And in your case, where you mentioned you're bootstrapping it, meaning you're paying for the development of the company yourself, you're saying you're renting the technology. And to me, I think of that very much as licensing the technology, right? You're paying somebody else to use something that they've developed and you can tie all of these tools together. Why was bootstrapping the right decision for you as opposed to going and finding venture capital money?
0: I'd been a part of obviously publicly traded companies, companies that went public, and then companies that were startups that had venture capitalist backing. And what I found is that you're then tied to something else or someone else. And the time and energy and effort it takes to maintain that relationship takes away from building a company. So you're spending an incredible amount of time putting together decks to show the investors to say how well or not so well that you're doing. And to me, I didn't want to spend that time and energy and effort I wanted to spend that time, energy, and effort building the business. So I made a very conscious decision of saying, this is how I wanted to move forward. And you know I give myself six months. I think I told my wife, you know if it doesn't start making money profitably in six months, then I'll go back and quote unquote, find a real job. So that was what I consciously decided at the very beginning. And for me, it fortunately worked out. And you know, I put everything down in kind of a spreadsheet. So I built out models and projections. That, quite frankly, I stuck to pretty closely. You know, I knew where the opportunity was. I knew how much money could be generated. And I knew the road and the path to kind of being successful. That, again, only comes with kind of the experience of me having various different types of jobs and experiences that I've had kind of throughout my career that would allow me to kind of realistically put these things down on paper and really draw kind of a roadmap of how I was going to be successful.
1: I think that's an important lesson in that. When you're going to launch a startup, you have to have a sense of not only what it's going to cost to create your product, your MVP, but you also have to have the understanding of who you know that's in your network that's going to help you validate that your concept works, right? There are, to me, multiple stages of launching a startup. You have your initial product development stage. Then you're trying to figure out if you have product market fit, PMF. And once you have a sense of whether the people that you're interested in selling your product to, then you get into what's the scale phase. Brian, you're in the scale phase now. Talk to me about how your role has changed as you've gone from finding your product market fit into scaling your company and making it into the biggest business it can be.
0: I will always be an online sales guy. So I still like kind of the thrill of the hunt. So I'm still involved in kind of the sales cycle. But as a founder, you need to absolutely take a step back. And you need to think about what are the things, what are the people, what are the decisions that you need to make three months, six months, 12 months, two years from now. So, really kind of carving out that time to figuring out how do I take where I'm at today and grow exponentially. So, to be honest, I'm still learning a lot of this stuff. You know, I have this is my first time being a founder of a digital technology company. And while I've had a ton of experience and exposure, I'm taking a little bit of a different path by not relying on the venture capitalist money and having kind of a nest egg to take from. This is all essentially my money. And the buck stops with me if I make wrong decisions and we start losing money. I'm the one to blame for it, right? So I think making sure that I'm making these decisions in a most informed way is important to me. But you know, that's, I think, the biggest change is my ability to kind of think ahead and making those decisions now that will affect me a year from now or even two years from now.
1: I think that's another important lesson that you have to plan to make a plan, right? You have to set the time aside to figure out what you want to do, evaluate what the risks are, evaluate what resources you need, and then how you're going to put that plan into action. Brian, the last question I have for you, as you look back on your career path and you think about becoming the founder of a startup, what advice do you have for the younger generation, for the people that are listening to this podcast that are just starting their career and people that are interested in your type of career path? What advice do you have for them?
0: It's a leap of faith no matter what you do. Being a startup founder and being what I consider successful, it does take a leap of faith. And it's not for everybody. But realize that you need to take that kind of leap of faith in order to understand if it's something you can do or not. And there's nothing shameful about failing. As a matter of fact, looking back, i failed quite a bit. And again, if it wasn't for those failures, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. But having kind of the courage to do that leap of faith is one of the hardest things I think for people to do. And look, I can always go back and find a 9 to 5 job someplace else. So there is a safeguard that you do have. But it takes commitment to do the leap of faith. So I would say that's one. The second part to that is really plan. You know, and you mentioned that earlier. I drew up a couple of dozen different business plans, projections, models, ran it past people. You know, so I really took six months to think about how and what I need to do to be successful. So really kind of planning things out. There's definitely a leap of faith. But you want to eliminate a lot of those kind of risks. By kind of planning ahead. So I think that's probably two of the biggest pieces of advice that I could give.
1: Brian, I've always appreciated your A, willingness to share your insights. You've had a really interesting career and you've bounced around from a couple of different interesting topics from Russian business, surfing, digital media, startup founder. You've always been very generous with your time. And I think that the lessons that you're imparting there are going to be incredibly valuable for people who are starting their career. So thanks for being our guest.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it.
1: Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks again to Brian Bennett, the CEO and founder of Agami TV for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Brian, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Bennett underscore surfing. That's B-E-N-N-E-T-T underscore surfing, or you can visit his website, which is agamitv, E-G-A-M-I dot TV a couple of links in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, just head over to findingajobpod.com or fajpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Finding a Job podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created fajpod.com question where you can send us your career questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is fajpod on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a regular stream of career insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes multiple times a week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast feed and check back with us later this week. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to stay positive and always be networking.